What happens in the end of Robin Hood? How does it actually end? Do you know? You're laughing. Caleb, do you know? Seth, Zach, get over here. Come and tell me, we found somebody. Who the fuck is the sheriff of Nottingham? You got your perspective. I just wanna be happy, don't you wanna be happy? Having absorbed your content, watched you, I consider you the modern day Robin Hood. Okay. And before I explain uh, what that means, like, tell me your initial thoughts on this. You're what? smarter than you look. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't, I'm trying to think right now because I don't want to bullshit. Yeah. I think you might be the first person to say that recently, ever, maybe even. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting because it's crossed my mind multiple times. Yeah. You, well, here's, what I, here's what I'm getting. You know, a long time ago, there were there were these ideas and these these thoughts and these collaborations were for the super successful, super rich, the Rockefellers, the all, all these people. And what you've done is you've said, all right, no more. You can look at your, your Sasha that you just started. You can look at the way you do things, and you're making it available to everybody. And if that's not Robin Hood, I don't know what is. And to your point, I'm uh, in, Sasha is a company I'm building, but like yeah. my great legacy in my aspiration to be someone that gets written about like Robin Hood is giving it for free. Yeah, that's like the, it. The thing that I, if somebody asks me what are you most proud of, I'm literally giving away all my best shit yeah. for free. Right. I don't know what else to say. And to your point, you're right. I go into the clouds with all these interesting places and people and things and I come back every day and I produce content for the masses for free. Correct. But and it's but it's for and it, what's amazing about that is you've built a business on, or you've built a profitable company, a business on it, but you're you're rising up the people who believe they never had a well, chance. Well, think about people that kind of look like me. If you do know who I am, a lot of people that kind of look like me build audience to yeah. the masses, but then try to sell to that audience. Correct. Right. Here's the four thousand dollar ebook. Correct. Here's the come to my mastermind. Yeah. What I do is back to your analogy. This is why I thought of it too. I do business with Chase and Budweiser and triple A-list celebrities, yeah. but for the masses, it's free. Yeah, it's crazy. And the masses, and, and, and the, the, the celebrities, they sign up for that shit. They sign up, they're on board because that's your brand. They understand that. They also understand, and word of mouth is reputation matters. Yeah. Like, I really know what I'm talking about. And when I meet anybody, in any, by the way, this, right? We're about, we've had to move this podcast a couple times, I've got this weird day. Now I come and sit down and say, hey, I got 20 minutes, not 30, right? Yep. But like for these next 18 minutes, like I'm giving everything I've got. Yeah. Like I'm not thinking about, I don't even know what my next meeting is. I don't, there's a million fires I have going on. I don't give a fuck. I need to deliver to this. Yeah. And I think that's what I do well for any audience, yeah. whether it's celebrity, the masses, client. Like yeah. I'm obsessed with over delivering. It's why I say yes to shit like this in the first place. Yeah. The fact that you're gonna be able to build a bigger podcast by leveraging the fact that I was a guest is the single reason I'm doing this interview. That, that's exactly the singular right. reason I'm doing this yeah. is I know where I sit and what it will mean for you by leveraging me. Yeah, yeah. That's meta as fuck. That, 100%, and that's, but that's Robin Hood shit. That, I and that, couldn't that's agree Robin Hood shit. I, listen, I literally, that was my reaction. You're smarter than you look. It's <laughs> so, a very, very smart observation. Awesome. So, so, and I'll tell you this, it actually, it's really funny. I judge people on how they figure me out. It, it's funny where my brain went when you said it. A, 
interesting. Yeah. I'm pumped that you figured it out. B, oh shit, he figures shit out that isn't obvious. <laughs> Great. I, I, listen, I super appreciate that. Let's, let's, I'm gonna roll, keep going. Go, go, go. So you were once- You don't want compliments the whole time? No, no, <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that shit later. Listen, so two, 2009, you asked a question, where in New York, where in New York uh, do you love going when you're in town? And he said, I love going to my barbers. I love getting my hair cut. We have, me and my barber have great conversations. What was the last great conversation you had? And I'm not talking about the conversation in front of the, in front of the camera. I'm talking about the last conversation you I left me go, I cannot believe this is the question. Had you asked me this 48 hours ago, I wouldn't have known the answer. I would have like thought really fast. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, Travis Kalkinick, the founder of Uber, uh, and former CEO, who's uh, you know been out there, yeah. stopped by. We're longtime friends. I often talk about passing on Uber and losing out on all those dollars. Mm-hmm. We had a great conversation. Yeah. Like thoughtful as fuck. No cameras, just you and him, or what cameras? No cameras. Still? And so, so in that, in that, in that moment, right? I don't need to know what the conversation. But what, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. In that moment, I was reminded why he was able to build one of the fastest growing business businesses of all time. And it wasn't a business conversation. Yeah. He's just thoughtful. Yeah, that's awesome. Because Listen, I'm gonna pa- pass you another compliment. I like when people see shit that other people don't. Yeah. It's actually how life works. Let me give you something I'm hot on right now. I do not think the American dream should be buying a home anymore. Mm. I think it's full of shit. Tell me more of that shit. I it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. It's a bad use of upfront capital and it ties you up Correct. and it's just not smart. It's not and, gonna appreciate, and, not and, the way you and want And what it is it for? Like, I'm pissed that I own a home. Yeah. I would literally rent in perpetuity now, and I will. Like, I've decided, like, I will never buy another new home. Uh, is it because- College. Parents are tricked forcing kids to go to college when 93% of kids should not go to college. I love when shit is accepted, but it's now broken. Because college and buying a home might have really been awesome, and I actually believe this in 1954 and 1973. The problem is it's 2019. So like I'm hot on seeing things that are obvious to me on what's gonna happen next. Here's what we do very interesting as a society. We shit on the new, and we put the past on a pedestal. Oh yeah, no no question. People buy homes, people buy uh, fancy cars, they buy and they go to college for one reason. For significance, hundred percent. Wrap that shit up. Acceptance, right? Acceptance. Acceptance. I, I want to. I want to show. But here's the thing, real quick. Uh, let me tell you the difference between a Lambo and owning your own home. I'm looking at some people here. We're all looking at each other, right? You just don't know if you own the home or not. <laughs> like you don't have to know. Yeah. Like I know you're driving a fucking Lambo. I see it. Yeah. But you live in a home. I actually have no fucking clue how much mortgage you have on that home. You Do rent you, it, rent, you it, rent it? Right. right? Whether, I'm whether telling you this thing, and, and by the way, this is my thesis to why it will fall. I'm not saying fashion will fall, fashion will never fall. I gotta show you that I'm wearing fly fucking clouds and dirt, or a Gucci bag, or shit, or an Under Armour, like, that's how we express. But on a home, I actually don't know if you own it or you rent it, and that's why it's vulnerable, because it actually doesn't matter to the outside person. It's not important, it matters that you're in that home, and if you actually play it out, it means people are gonna live in much better homes. Because if you're not using all that upfront cash and you're just renting, you can go higher up, you're gonna be in a fancier place. It's very, why do you need to own a home? You don't. To leave it to your kids? They can rent too. Oh, this is some fucked up amazing shit for me. 
I think the whole thing is gonna go. In the next 50 years, yeah. it in, takes time in, to rebrand. In, in a while. Yeah, so, go. All right, next question. So I know you have this. <laughs> By the way, everybody's listening. That is how you go from what was the last meaningful conversation yeah. you have into good. ranting about the current state of home ownership good, in America. Good, good transition. If you were just curious, good go ahead. There. There we're like speed rounding <laughs> yeah. here. So, so I know that you and your, from what I've heard and yes. what I've read, yes. uh, you and your wife have an agreement that you kind of don't talk about family. You've set some boundaries. In my content, in, in, yes. Yeah, in your content. Correct question though yes what what principles did your mom teach you i i know she taught you uh how to be confident Tons, go. that that you if you had to come up with the three principles that you're that you're going to pass on to your kids that your parents taught you what are those three principles beautiful so i would say hot take it's less about principles number one rule number one disproportionately overlove your child in parallel in parallel to you building up that self-esteem you eliminate all delusion. What my mom did, that I don't see most people do, is she wildly made me think I was the best, but anytime it was proven that I wasn't, she acknowledged that I wasn't. Confidence, not at the expense of reality. So you have two groups of parents, the masses. One, insecure parents who pass their insecurity onto their kids and they shit on their kids, thus making kids think they suck. Or parents that overcoddle and bullshit their kids and give them eighth place trophies and make them think like, like my son yesterday said he's gonna dunk. And I said, you are never gonna dunk. Right to his fucking six year old face. I'm like, dude, you will never dunk. He said, why? I said, DNA. He's like, what's DNA? I'm like, ask Alexa, right? <laughs> so that shit. it was important for me to not be like, yo, you're gonna dunk. He's not gonna dunk. And as soon as he understands that, the better. That's not what most parents do. So my mom overloved me and gave me unbelievable self-esteem, but she taught me accountability and eliminated entitlement. Do you understand? Oh yeah. I'll tell you, everything else she did doesn't mean shit. It's tier seven importance. Be kind, love it. All the amazing stuff, hard work, cool. I promise you, it's two things. Build self-esteem, make your kids think that they could do anything until they prove they can't and then acknowledge they cannot. Yeah. I'm big on this. Yeah, I love that. And that's what I do with my employees. Like go, 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 and then you can't. I'm like, you're off, you're no longer on the video team <laughs> or you can't write anymore. Like, and that's the way it should, that's, I love that. What, what, is that, what does that do for them in the long, give me the, give in me the, the long cause, term, give me the cause and effect uh, I will. The effect is you try shit and you don't fear failure, Yeah. the end. Do you understand what happens when you stop worrying about other people's opinions mm. and failure? Like everything opens Liberating. up. And when you take on full and full responsibility? Yeah. See, optimism and confidence at at the balance of like reality versus delusion makes you fear failure, not value other people's opinions and have complete and utter accountability. Yeah. That shit gets real good. Oh. Like I, when, when, you know, this is why I push, like it's your fault. I genuinely think everything in my life is my fault. And that's liberating as hell. <laughs> like, like. You know how fun it is to know that nobody has control? Yeah, yeah, nobody controls. When you say it's Rick's fault, Rick has control. Yeah, I love that. One of the, one of the questions I ask my kids every day, tell me how you failed today. And the first time I ask them, defensive. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? I haven't failed. Yeah, that. Fuck you, Dad. Yeah, that, right, yeah. that, right. <laughs> right. And now it's like, oh, I tried this and I, it didn't work out. And, and they now, like, that's their badge of honor. And look, I'm pissed when I fail. 
It's like you don't want to raise people that like just yeah, I lose yeah. at everything. Like there's 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 accountability slash. You know what my mom taught me? Ramifications. I'll give you a good one. My mom knew I was going to be a fucking winner. Let's just call it what it is. But she punished me on the clock four times a year. Every fucking report card, report card I would out. go down. No TV, no friends, no Nintendo. It was the worst. It was fucking clockwork for a decade. She did it. Because even though she knew it wasn't going to matter in the macro, in the micro, it's what I was doing. And if you fail, you have accountability. I, listen, I, I graduated with a two point grade point average. Never went to college, and I'm coaching CEOs of billion dollar companies right now. I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, you've it's, done your homework. You have context. Like, I love sharing my report card. Saying, it's like, it's a, what, but, what? Let me ask you a question. To that point, there was there was a time when that was my greatest weakness. I hid that shit. Yeah, me too. I, and like, wouldn't talk about it. Yeah. Sugarcoat yeah. it. Uh-huh. But now, what I've learned is. I flipped that shit, and Eight that's mile. I open up with Eight that mile. shit, right? Yeah, once, Eight mile. once, once, once D, uh, D-Rock, once Papa Doc knows all the, what are you going to say about me, What right? are you going to say? What are you going to say about me? Naked. This so, all, if this can all play out that we just all roll naked, yeah, and yeah. like it's, and when I say naked, I'm, look, yeah. maybe we do all physically roll naked, but like, <laughs> let me promise you something. Hypocrisy smells. Yeah. Whenever somebody judges somebody else, I always laugh, because I know that they have something they suck at, too. Or they're hiding too. Yeah, I love that. Best book, one of the best books I've ever read. Mistakes were made, but not by me. And it's the, all about hypocrisy and the, and the judgments. You, oh, I hate that shit. I'm saying it's, and that's what we live in. We're every, living in this world now. Every day I wake up, at some level, subconsciously or consciously, I always say, "Who the fuck am I?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. With all the good shit, I think I'm dirt. <laughs> I mean it. Nobody's gonna give a fuck a year after I die. Except for like eleven people, like it's the truth. The eleven people that are in that room. So, 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 so you know, nobody's gonna give a f- for all the things like all the people that like don't know what to do when they see me at the airport and take a selfie, right? Yeah. Like what? What? But the Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm looking at this fucking like I love him so much. What happened? He died. I was fucked up for like four hours, and then the next day happened. And then you went on today. Yeah. I mean, listen, the second but you, you know think, who says that shit? Who? You know who says that shit? Who? Robin Hood says that shit. No. Robin Hood says that shit. Is this Robin true? Hood, Robin Hood says that shit. I never shit. read Robin Hood. Robin Hood says that, no, Robin Hood says the shit that I'm just doing what I do, and you know what? I'm not doing it for any other how reason, but it's the right thing to do. How does Robin Hood end? What are you talking about? I mean, that's serious. I don't know what the fuck, how, Robin Hood's a book, right? Yeah, Robin Hood's okay. a book, and then a movie, Kevin Costner. Like Kevin, I didn't watch that shit. What happens? In the end of Robin Hood, how does it actually end? I mean, that's your, yeah, I know. So, so, I, do you know? You're laughing. Yeah. You don't know, right? Do you, hold on, real quick. Do you know? I've seen it. Do you know? Look, come on. He gets. There's he, four. He, there's five people in here. One, one, one of you, you is like you don't know. Uh, news alert: The four of us have. Uh, open the door, real quick. Yo, Caleb. Caleb knows that shit. I guarantee Do you know how Caleb Robin knows. Hood ends the book, the movie? Like, do you know how Robin Hood ends? No. Of course no, not. not. Seth, do you this know is, how Robin Hood ends? Like the book, Robin. No idea. This is Zach, get over here. Come and tell me. We Listen, found someone. Every, every person. Justin, Justin, every, Justin. That, do you know how Robin Hood office ends? Knows that shit. The fucking well, the book. book. I don't or know. Or the movie. Pick one. How Robin Hood ends? Yeah. yeah. How does Robin Hood end? The story of Robin Hood. He kills the sheriff. Not again. And he gives the money Just back before to all she gets people. Married. He gives the money back to all the people. Who the fuck is the sheriff of Nottingham? 
He's the tyrant. And they just released another so, Robin Hood. Come on. So he watched after any I gotta go Robin. soon? Well, All right, let me get one speed round. Two questions, I'm out. All right, good. Thank you for knowing Robin Hood. See you, Zach, Justin. You just took 30 seconds trying to figure out who the fuck Robin Hood was, right? So... So, this is the best podcast of all time, by the way. So, so listen. So, so, so now we you know we went from family. Went. So, let me ask you a question. Please. So, now that you have this, this, uh, you come come to Russia. I'm going to go all the way back. Yeah. Come over from Russia. Belarus. Right, for come. everyone scoring at home, I come from Belarus. You, you go outside to play football. Oh, right. I I, move, I go from for everybody home. Belarus to Queens, Queens to Dover, Dover to Edison, New Jersey. I'm five. I go outside. In August 1982. And Eric says. And Eric Godfrey. Says you are a. Jets fan. They're throwing a Nerf football around. I'm just getting acclimated to America, right? Because I'm I'm, yep. I'm an immigrant. This football thing seems fun. We're throwing around the, remember the old oh, Nerf? Yeah. Oh, yep. And they're like, who do you like? I'm like, I have no idea. And Eric Godfrey goes, you're a Jets fan. And that mm-hmm. is how I and became a Jets fan. So, so let me ask you a question. Please. 40 years later. Yes. 40 years later, almost to the day. Your entire empire, your entire life, has been predicated <laughs> on this on this one statement, right? This I, I set the goal. I, yes. And the the bell goes off, and I start fucking running. That's right. I'm gonna buy the jets. I'm, I'm gonna buy the jets. What happens when you buy the jets? <sighs> Two very opposite reactions. One, I don't give a shit if I buy the jets. I just want to try to buy the jets. Yeah. It's a very big thing. Yeah. This process, this chase. The thrill of the hunt is oh, yeah. everything to me. Yeah. My intuition is one of two things happens. There is some weird, awkward lull of like a micro moment of depression of like, okay, I did it, right? Yeah. And it'll be crazy because I'm a marathon runner so it's not happening for 20 years and so like over the next 20 years, think about how many people in America are gonna know about this goal. Almost everybody, Almost everybody. right? Five million know about it now. That's minimum. right. I mean, and so <laughs> a lot of people are gonna know. And then I th- hope it quickly goes into, and now I have to fucking win a Super Bowl. So my hope, and this is my intuition, is it will quickly transform into the task at hand. So how many, how many stadiums, how many, how many jet stadiums do you think you fill with the people's lives that you've changed in your quest to buy the stadium. 70,000 is a stadium. I oh. would say by the time by the time people's it happens lives, or today. People's lives that you've changed just because of your quest. All this shit doesn't happen if it's not for the quest. And so how many lives do you think you change by the time you reach it? Let me you say something up. I want everybody to know and I'll put it on wax as they say right now. The fact that I get one of the emails I get a day and I get a lot of them that says I was, at, I was suicidal. Yeah. Like real shit, shit that's heavy. Yeah. That trumps anything I will ever do professionally. One, one person telling you that they were going to take their life and that your fucking videos and podcasts mm. made them not yeah. is disproportionately greater than if I bought all 32 NFL teams. And I mean that. So you can imagine why I'm such a happy kid. Yeah. That being said, man, a lot, man. Like, look, I'll be very honest with you. A lot of people, I'll put it again on wax. People come up to me all the time and go, Gary, you have no idea how many people's lives you're impacting. And I always hate that. Because in my mind, I'm like, you have no idea how many people's lives I'm impacting that I realize I'm impacting, yeah. and more importantly, how many I'm gonna impact. And by the way, this is what makes me so happy about the way I was parented. This has nothing to do with me. This has to do with the circumstances of America, when I was born, and more, most importantly, my two parents' DNA, and what they did with the clay that I was. So when I say that I genuinely think that I can be a generational person, 
And that's what I think. Like, yeah. make, like I'm gonna be very weird right now. I think I can be a generational person that all four of you will talk in 45 years that you spent time with me because I'll be such a, gen- I actually believe that. Yeah. Uh, I believe it. I think it's going to be many, many, many football. I, I plan on genuinely impacting millions and millions and millions and millions and millions, if not hundreds of millions of people, because I know what my intent, really my only vulnerability is my health. I know what my intent, my intent is only to have a statue. Quote unquote, right? Like I want to be admired. I told my, my sister got emotional the other day. She's just seeing how many people I'm impacting. And I said, sis, November 14th is gonna be a national holiday. You know, obviously it was Martin Luther King Day, so it was on my mind. I was like, fuck it. Why, why not? Why not? Why not? Like what's wrong? Like I understand the words coming out of my mouth, and like I understand. If more people felt that way and saying shit, like if by the way, you don't get national holidays for buying the Jets. No, No. you get national holidays for moving the culture. And when I say the culture, I'm talking humans. And so I'm very excited about my ambitions, and I understand they're audacious, and I understand why some people listening are like, "Oh, this guy." I understand how it can sound like big head. I promise you, if you peel away the onion. It, it, I wish more people were doing it. I'm with you. Last question because I know you got to go. Last question. So 50 years from now. Yes. 60, 70 years from now, you're gone. You're, you're, you've left this earth. 70. Yeah, 70. Would be better. Yeah, go 70. ahead. 115. Yeah. What, what's the contribution you have left? He, he gave way more than he took.